Hey, Casey, how are we doing? Oh, dude, hey. Hey, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> All right, oh, Casey, good. I got to tell you something. And I don't know yeah, if you're me. on this because I know you're one that uh, chooses not to watch things all the time. And I feel like Chad mm-hmm, has mm-hmm, watched mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm, I just mm-hmm. started Ted Lasso. I'm not like <gasps> a couple hours ago. Okay. And you haven't seen it yet. I know nothing about except for, okay. you know, American coaching football overseas, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and Sudeikis. Like that's the extent of my knowledge of Ted Lasso. And besides everybody else saying that it's great. Um, and so I am let's say three or four episodes in. So by your reaction, you, you've watched it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, they just, so, yeah, they, love they, it. I'm, love like, it. I just finished the episode where Juno Templar just broke up with her footballer, younger boyfriend at like a party. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm really fresh into everything, but I got to say this show is delightful. <laughs> like, Yeah, man, I'm obsessed. Uh, I guess, I don't know if I've even said this in the pot a ton, but like, I think, Maybe hands down my favorite TV show is Scrubs. Like that was to me, that's perfect TV because it gets it's it was funny and it uh, it got absurd and then at times it got super real and like emotional and like played with real emotions. Right. And uh, Ted Lasso to me fits that 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 mold so perfectly. Where one minute you're laughing, the next minute you could be tearing up. Like the it's it's got so much emotion. Um, and it's got so much heart. And so I think honestly, yeah, it's, it's probably one of my top five favorite shows. Oh man, I'm, I'm loving it so far. So I'm excited for the ride. And also, um, it's funny you link it to scrubs. Did you know that Zach Braff directed the second episode? Did you really? notice and, that? Uh, yeah, no, I didn't know that. And does, isn't, uh, what Bill Lawrence, is he involved in this at all? I guess I I'm not maybe sure. He had a connection. Maybe I'm not, not maybe sure. I haven't done like a real different. deep dive into this. What I was curious about, which maybe you'd be able to tell me about is when I was looking to see, cause Sudeikis, name was tied to a lot of the credits at the very beginning on the pilot episode. And so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's like, Oh, he did, you know, the screenplay and the teleplay and did this. And like, so I was waiting for it to be like, Hey, was this created by Sudeikis? Like fully, like this is an original thing. And then it uh, says something like NBC content or something like that it's like Hmm. something like where i'm like was this an snl sketch at one point or like this is a bit maybe he went on nfl before pre-games and played ted lasso like i'm so confused on like what that i don't know i don't know yeah i don't know okay i'll have to do a little sleuthing myself on like uh the background on uh, ted lasso i think it's just an original written for apple tv but may i guess uh i don't know Maybe NBC had involvement in in producing it with them or something because he had the connection, so it kind of just worked out. Or he's you know belongs to that studio or something, and I don't know. Uh, Either way, I'm glad that you're watching it. Um, I think it's a fantastic show. I love every episode. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, have you been watching anything more recently? I shouldn't say more recently, but like, have you started anything new? No, you know, the biggest thing is uh, I've been watching and following, unfortunately, because I kind of wanted to boycott it, but um, I have been keeping up with the World Cup. And so that's been super exciting to kind of follow. I thought you All were different like, teams trying to boycott it. Pennywise. <laughs> that's <laughs> no, exactly no, no, no. where my head went going, oh, are you just going to watch this? The new It's? Oh, wait, you were boycotting it. Why? What's wrong with clowns? <laughs> Never mind. No, but Let's I, go back to I what think, you were saying. Uh, World Cup. <laughs> yeah, watching a lot of soccer. Um, I think we are going to uh, start Wednesday. I've heard really good things. So we might start that maybe this weekend. Cool. Um. I uh, was, or I still have been watching Willow. I think I mentioned last time that I 
watch the movie just so I can start the new TV show on Disney because I feel like that's like Disney is onto something in the sense of how they're releasing shows. Like it's not like and maybe maybe Amazon does this too and I, or Netflix and I just don't realize it but right now they're releasing basically like one show at a time so you know like oh this there's going to be a, a Marvel show out you know hey there's the Black Panther uh, TV show and then as soon as the 6 or 8 episodes are done then you know that something is coming after it like where hey this is probably the new Star Wars content uh and then when that ends then you know something else is going to show up and in this case it was Willow where I'm like I don't know much about Willow let's get after it um but they are keeping me consistent where like I am weekly turning into Disney Plus at least for a stretch of time and whether that do- goes down a rabbit hole of watching more content on there sometimes um but otherwise like when i think of Netflix or Amazon or anything like that they just kind of do a dumping of stuff like hey this is going to show up next week uh enjoy uh but then it might be like you know 5 to 10 things that they're going to dump on you at one time and i'm not necessarily interested in all of it but with uh the way that uh, Disney's been franchising so much. I'm definitely interested in like almost everything that's out because I have a previous relationship with whatever they're, whatever content they're releasing. If that makes sense. Wow. So that's a uh, right there. Shouts to Netflix and Amazon. You want to step your game up. You got to have good IP that you can continue releasing good stuff for. That's a pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty good mold that Disney's breaking right now. You know. For sure. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could change as like they start releasing more new content. But that's the thing is, I guess Disney's and I'd have to maybe I'm wrong on this, but all of Disney Plus's um, platform, like when you look at it, it's like you click on these different things. It's either Disney or Pixar or Marvel or Star Wars. And so you click on everything you're clicking on is a franchise. And that's just Mm -hmm. kind of what Disney Mm -hmm. Plus is all about, uh, opposed to uh you know netflix and amazon i guess are the new forms of cable where it is you know potentially original ideas or new content i guess is the best way to put it so maybe yeah if i'm trying to get out of the franchise uh mode and i want to look at something else like i mean amazon's putting out good stuff i watched peripheral peripheral was awesome what are the biggest what are the biggest franchises on each platform like netflix has stranger things for sure that's probably the biggest that's probably the biggest uh maybe witcher uh, might be another one, but I don't know. There's only like, what, three seasons of Witcher, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the thing is like, I think in the beginning, when you say it like that, I guess in the beginning, Netflix was like that because they were, they put out brand new content. It wasn't like they picked up um, step by step and were like, hey, we're, we're bringing it back and we're going to have it on Netflix. No, it was like, hey, here's House of Cards. Here's Orange is the New mm-hmm. Black. Here's like, here were these sh- new shows, which was was new content, but also was such well-written content, like where we were devouring it and they did have all of these things. And that, and I think that their franchises, I mean, I don't know, House of Cards went on for like, what, six or eight seasons? So, and same thing with Orange is the New Black. So maybe they've exhausted those are like OG Netflix options uh, where they're starting to build their new base. But you're right, Stranger Things is probably the first one that comes to mind. And that's because we only get a new season once every three years it feels like (laughs) they're leaning really heavy into true crime that's been netflix's bread and butter (laughs) of late yeah true true it's i swear every other week there's a new um three-part docuseries or a new um full-length feature film on some crime that i'd never heard of um 
that seems yeah that seems to be how they're uh getting their subscribers these that's days. a bummer too because i'm not a big fan of that it's just like murder and death porn like that's just so weird like who I don't know to be to be into that genre that heavily. You know, I just want to watch these mysteries of people that got murdered. I guess I understand the mystery aspect. It's kind of like a you know crime drama, but man, the murder ones are kind of sad. I know. I'm I'm somewhere in both camps here because I'm I'm like you. I there was that Dahmer series that came and went. I I had no mm-hmm. interest. I didn't yeah, even no. Like, I'm out. Yeah, it's like not for me. No thanks. But I'm really into Unsolved Mysteries right now. That's the show I'm binging. And um, that one's kind of different, though, because it's not all. Well, the last three I've watched have been all about murder. <laughs> but <laughs> but there's aliens in this, you know. In this, I uh, know, though. I used too. to love that show, too. I feel you. I feel you. There's, that's what I'm saying. I'm trying to, uh, to capitulate a little bit. And, uh, you know, I might just be too uh, too sensitive about it. But, yeah, some I can't watch too much of that murder murder shows and things like that no i agree and it, it does feel a little exploitative because part of it mm-hmm, i don't know mm-hmm. yeah it feels more like oh everyone look over here rather than hey can we actually try and figure this out so well didn't they say that uh with the Dahmer one didn't some of his like actual victims families come out and, and like kind of put it on blast maybe oh, i'm wrong I, don't yeah. quote me on that maybe i'm wrong i thought i read that uh that they weren't super happy about the portrayal of uh, of kind of all of it and kind of how I mean yeah he's a killer they show how he's a killer and whatnot but they almost like romanticized it they claimed I I didn't see it so I can't I can't you know talk that shit on it but yeah well and he's he's the feature player of the of the thing so I could see how mm-hmm. that might get taken the wrong way it's yeah and it's hard not to maybe uh to maybe be attracted because uh, what's that dude Evan something that that's a handsome man. That plays Dahmer that. Yeah, man, he's a he's a extremely talented actor and a handsome man. James, who's your favorite serial killer? <laughs> who's your favorite extremely <laughs> handsome man? Come on, why'd you go that direction? That's where you were gonna go first. I thought yeah, I thought the Casey question was coming first, and I was really quick to yeah. like instantly go, uh Zach Efron. Oh wait, yeah, but go. then also I was thinking well, hey, that he kind of plays because he played he played Bundy on the Netflix oh, series. Right. <laughs> and that was wait, like did you st- the problem is because like they were like, oh, he was such a handsome man. <laughs> like that was his thing. <laughs> Did you see his uh, his his was it Netflix? I think his travel show. I liked his travel show. I've seen a couple episodes. It was the, good. Only thing, the only thing I didn't like it. was like it did feel like the bro show. Like he, like oh, he, yeah, he was trying to be like relatable to like all these different cultures and stuff, and mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. just that part might not have played too well. But I did enjoy the effort, or at least the. Like what we'd see. I don't know if anybody saw the one where they went to Iceland and they were like got brought to like the power oh, yeah. plant on where they use the geothermal energy and like all that stuff. Like, oh man, that thing was sweet. Like, I loved all the content that they were showing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The bed, did, the, the bread they bring in the volcano underground. Oh yeah. So like, did Zach bring anything to the table? I, I mean, I think <laughs> he had to have because clearly I I tuned in. So Abs, I, but, I biceps. Yeah, oh, it's like all of a sudden it's like, now let's watch Zach skateboard shirt longboard shirtless through <laughs> Iceland. I'm in. Let me position oh, oh. The one. That's, that's just the my only. W, that's my WWF uh intro music. Oh, I was ready to oh. call it out. <laughs> I thought that was your <laughs> wife's ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> 
Sorry. Continue on. Zach Efron. Well, no, actually, that's a good segue to something I did want to discuss uh, in this pod uh, in two forms. So we got Avatar coming out, right? And so there's T2, James Cameron. But Avatar. I know a lot of of people don't like Avatar or it's been too long and nobody cares. So, but with that and... I know that we probably can't play music like on the pod, like this whole thing will get (laughs) deleted. (laughs) (laughs) No one listens to it. That's fair uh, point. But like, but it brought (laughs) me to, um, I was thinking about uh, if you remember the very first avatar, like how it opened, like there is very specific, like music or tone that happens like right in the opening of avatar where I'm wondering, Hey, this is a franchise. It's gonna be like five movies. Are they going to open it up with the same music? Because I don't know about you guys, but whenever movies or franchises like that open and they like have the same music going on, like it definitely just like sets the tone and juices you up for like the rest of the movie. You know what I'm saying? Like with that? Oh yeah. Like if you get like, if you hear, yep. Yep. <laughs> oh, what version this is? Yeah. This is my favorite it's version. With Wiggum, where Wiggum's like, bah, 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 bah. Bah, 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 bah. that's pretty this good. The best Where's version from? I don't know. It's nice. I was, I've heard that in in meme videos online before. That's great. It's a classic. The Jurassic so, Park one is my favorite. So the one I was. Uh, so the one I was thinking of of why I kind of brought this up was because when I watched Matrix last year, when are we going to see Yeah. No. Okay. So that's that's how all three of the Matrixes <laughs> intro opened, right? The most recent one that they did, the the like reboot, like. It didn't open like that. I was and I was disappointed. I was like, "What the?" Yeah, and I'm like, I was like, they had total miss right there. Like where I was already like sad for how the movie started, uh, which wasn't a good place to be. And so I was just thinking with Avatar, assuming that they will kind of do the like the kind of intro that they had on the other one. And I'm just thinking that they could do this each time with like their intro monologue and leading into whatever's happening next. Uh, that was it. Rant over. <laughs> Drums equal society that has not reached any technological whatever. <laughs> I'm not an Avatar guy. Yeah, I'm not an Avatar guy. Avatared. I thought, uh, I mean, sure, the first one was pretty good because it was in the 3D era. But, uh, you know, I'll tell you, I don't think I've seen it more than once. So I know, but like. Well, okay, so you saw it for the basically new technology and what we could do with cameras like uh, this. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So on I this did, one, I don't though, think like, I even saw it in th- well, I probably saw it in three D. Isn't the assumption though, like that? Okay, so this was ten years ago. So is the assumption that now uh, between the cameras, CG, everything else, like this is going to be like the best like CG four K blah 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 we've ever seen? Is that like the assumption or not so much? I mean, maybe, but at the same time, like, so Avatar wasn't like bad, bad, but, you know, I didn't think it was original enough to the story didn't really pull me in. You know, it was really just Fern Gully on a different planet. So it felt kind of the same. And uh, I wasn't really, you know, it wasn't really my my bag, you know. And so now going to this next one, even if it is the next, you know, I'm not going to say I won't go see it um, because, you know, seeing a movie like this is the reason you go see it, you know, in a theater because 
the visuals of, of something on this scale. And, you know, it's exciting that it is the next, you know, set of technology, I guess, or the next wave of, of 4K, HD, all that jazz. But it almost, I have a, I have an apprehension to go see it because uh, I, I wasn't super satisfied with the storytelling in the last one. And this one kind of looks like a little bit of the same. Um, what not if to it get, was and called... not to get too woke too. It almost, uh, it, it, because it is very Fern Gully slash what Pocahontas slash, it's kind of like that same, you know, evil white man indigenous trope and it's kind of i don't know i think that trope's a little played out i don't not to sound overwoke but well i don't know i'm not not a huge fan of it two things i got then what if uh, it wasn't called avatar what if it was straight up fern gully and everybody's like holy shit cameron you did it you honestly I dug that if he had just done <laughs> you spit, made live action fern crazy gully. live action fern gully, i would have respected the hell out of that oh my god okay the next thing i was thinking was all right you're not the only one that uses the Fern Gully Pocahontas reference, like when they talk about Avatar. Like, and I get it; I've done it too. My thought is, though, like it's been ten years. Uh, do you think they take that feedback and they do something nope. with it? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I guarantee you, this is this movie is just a carnival ride. You know, it's like it doesn't yeah. really matter if this is good. This is to get it out there and then they're going to sell this like it's going to get <clears throat> what do you call it? It's like uh, franchised into like theme park rides. Well, it already meal, is happy meals. Um, hope there's going to be a new one, though. Yeah. And I mean, they're going to make way more money off that. So you're saying I once imagine. I see it as Legos, then all bets are off. It's only there for viewing pleasure. Well, and the, yeah, the other thing, even, too, is yeah, Dances with Wolves, too, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're all kind of the same. You know, like well, it, so I think the thing that bothers me the most about Avatar is at the end of Avatar, the, like, again, sorry to put on the woke hat, but, like, the guilty white guy becomes the other race. So it's like if at the end of Dances with Wolves... <laughs> Kevin Costner just be- becomes a dark, like he becomes an indigenous person. Are you saying, like, you know what I'm hearing? Like, that's nuts. It's like the epitome of uh, trying to acquiesce white guilt. Like, let this man become this other thing. That's crazy. It's crazy. But Is that too so- woke? <laughs> but his legs didn't work and they had, you know, yeah! digital legs. You know, I don't know. But here's the Kevin Bacon of it all. So this is the way of water. If nobody goes to see this in the same way they did for the first one, is this like Avatar, the way of water world? Oh, (laughs) that's a super tie in because, you know, Kevin Costner, water world. Uh Uh Did you mean did you mean Kevin Costner, not Kevin Bacon? Well, I meant like six degrees of Kevin Bacon to get to Kevin Costner. It was even better. I don't know. It was pretty good. I liked it. (laughs) Sure. I'm going to yeah. use that more, though. Six degrees of Kevin Costner. Yeah. Yeah. And I everyone correct you. <laughs> Avatar. Yeah. I personally think the Avatar designs, like, the aesthetic of everything. It looks pretty. It's just not very interesting. Everything is too crisp and clean. Oh, you and your crisp and cleanness. Yeah. I don't like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Every hair is in the right place. Yeah. Crisp and clean. Is he friends with Crisp and Glover? Crisp and Glover. <laughs> Sorry. That's why I love the new Pinocchio so much. Tell, tell us, paint us a little word picture about the new Pinocchio. Well, it's uh, Guillermo de Toro. So if you're a fan <laughs> of his. Yep. 
Um, I guess this is like an idea that he's been kind of working on for like 15 years leading up to this. Um, and it's, it's all stop motion. It's, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a fresh take on that Pinocchio story. It's not what I thought it was going to be. It was even better. It was, um, it was like emotional. It was like there's parts of it where you thought the story was going to go to go down that like traditional Pinocchio storytelling route. And it kind of did, but it kind of didn't. It it added like a little twist or f- like flair to it to keep its originality. And Del Toro like adds his own little flavor to it. And it's just beautifully shot and you could just see and tell like the, the care that was putting it into it, the art direction, just, just the overall, um, attention to detail. Um, like talking about the like structures, like this church and like all the, all, all the churches. And then you have like Geppetto coming in and he's like creating like a, a Christ on a crucifix, um, for the church and just how, the artwork like that carving stands out from the rest of the architecture of the church, just like little details of that. It's, I don't know. It's amazing. Um, character designs, everything. And, and just like a great story that I think I've already watched it two or three times already. Now, of course the wow. kids love it. <laughs> um, that was my next question. Cause yeah, is it? I mean, is it made for kids? I mean, it looks like it is. It's PG. It's PG, but I mean, there's some pretty heavy moments, right? It's you like, know, there's some the Guillermo darkness. Well, Pio, Pinocchio is a dark child, you know, like there's some anyways. child death and just the kind of theme of of dying and returning hmm. and what just what it means to be alive, um, like Frank and Weenie for people. And to, yeah, or just what it means to be alive. Or if you live forever, what does that mean if all your friends and close ones around you are mortal and you and you're not? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's so good, guys. Man, your description sounds like a, another movie. Sure, you didn't rip this off. I saw a Spielberg movie called AI once. Uh, <laughs> it's about a robot that wants to become a real boy. <laughs> sounds super familiar. Well, that might be based on this other thing called Pinocchio. <laughs> <laughs> mm, I don't think so. I think the little kid whose name was uh, called Haley Joel Osment. <laughs> oh man! Oh yeah, Jude Is it? It's on. It's on the Netflix. Then I recommend too, if you watch that, to watch the making of. Um, that is also on Netflix. Very good, and you gotta love like Guillermo, man. His like little <laughs> his his little chuckle. He's a great interview. Oh uh, yeah, he is great. He is awesome. This makes so much sense because we haven't gotten a movie from him since like The Shape of Water. And I've he, you know, it it comes and goes with Hollywood. But he's one of those guys. I was like, man, what's he doing? Mm -hmm. I wonder what his next movie's going to be. So Uh, this makes a lot of sense. His last movie was Nightmare Alley, which was up for an Oscar last year. Oh, duh. That was a good movie. (laughs) (laughs) Is is that the one that had. um... Shoot, what was like the couple big Kevin Costner, Kevin Bacon. No, Kevin Hart, <laughs> Kevin no, Bradley Arnold. Cooper. Did, did, didn't that have um, 
Then I have what's her face. She's in like all Kate Blanchett, uh, Robert Edgar's movies, or am I thinking of something else? Oh, she wasn't in that. You're not. Uh, you're oh, thinking gotcha. of. I know who you're thinking of, and I can't think of her name right now. But uh, no, she wasn't in that. Yeah. Uh, Anna uh, Anna Taylor Joy is that her name? Is that oh yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, you're the, uh, Rooney Mara was in this one. Rooney Mara, Kate Blanchett. Um, I'm sure I'm missing another major actress in there. But that one was Tony fun. Collette. Tony Collette, thank you. Um, but with uh, did when you were start, describing this chat, it made me think, man, I haven't seen. So the first movie I think I saw of Guillermo's was Pan's Labyrinth in the, at the Uptown Theater, and I own it, but I don't think I've watched it since I saw it at the Uptown Theater. And if you haven't watched that movie, whew, that movie is Ooh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, um, the movie's so good. And that, like, yeah, the design of everything. And that's why I was excited. I think right after Pan's Labyrinth, there was, like, this rumor that he was going to do some Star Wars stuff. And I was all excited thinking, like, holy shit, this dude's going to bring back, like, practical, like, effects and Muppets and all sorts of crap to this. So it got me excited after, you know, us having to deal with episodes one, two, and three, like, heavily CG'd. Um, so, but again, maybe that was happening and it got canned. Maybe I, it was just a big rumor, but, um, after seeing Pan's Labyrinth, I was like, dang, this guy, if anybody can do it, it's this dude. Wow. That would be cool. And then of course, instead we got Hellboy, which was pretty much just as good. Just kidding. Yeah, that one was, uh, okay. I don't know. I saw it in the theater. That's the last time I saw it. Oh, I There's liked a- Hellboy. That one's fun. I liked a, I liked Hellboy. I liked the sequel. I think better that Golden Army one. Um, but he does a lot. Yeah, there's and maybe I don't know if it's Stop Go Animation, but there's an animation thing where he's telling the story of of what the Golden Army is. I think at the beginning or somewhere in the middle of that movie. But again, it's just really really cool effects. But and I, I think it's Stop Go. And also, fun fact: Ron Perlman, who is Hellboy in his version, uh, is going to be the voice of Optimus Prime in the new Transformers movie. Oh, really? the The Beast movie? Yeah, Beast Wars, or whatever it's called. Beast Wars. I just saw the poster for it. Sweet. So, uh, tr- speaking of Transformers, my little dude has been. Uh, we let him play this stupid Transformers app on a phone. It's like the only phone he gets to play on. But now he's into Transformers. He was like, "Yo, play me the play me a Transformers song." So I, of course, played him The Touch, right, from the original, you know, 80s movie. And he loves that song he asks for in the car all the time now. Transformers. <laughs> robots in disguise. Dude, your robot voice is pretty good, Chad. <laughs> I like that. It's like, because it's already kind of raspy and whatnot. <laughs> Autobots sing. The Decepticons. <laughs> See, this is that's how we should have. That's how when I was talking about my movie themes, I should have been doing it so we could have played it. I should have been like, okay, man. That's great. That was good. That was good. I loved it. Bravo. Pat you on the back. Oh, you guys. What else? I came in here kind of late. We're just talking, man. I think. One thing I didn't bring up, so I watched or finished season two of White Lotus. Has anybody watched White Lotus? Yes, sir. I figured Jamie had. Yeah, it's I don't know. I couldn't get into it. Oh, I 
I wasn't sure what they were going to do with it, but I like the idea of the White Lotus is a hotel franchise, and then they can just switch locations and cast every single season. There's like unlimited things you could do with this show. <laughs> so I don't know. I think it's uh, season two, I think was probably uh, better than season one, in my opinion. Uh, so um, I really liked it. And also I liked uh, seeing, oh my God, I'm going to mess up her name. It's uh, Aubrey Plaza. Uh, I like seeing her oh, in yeah. kind of a more serious role. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she just crushed it. Like uh, I loved her in that. So I don't know. Uh, they, I like at least in the last one and this one. Uh, I like that they, with the characters, they just have a really good cast, um, and then also really diverse characters. Like where you're, you want to watch more because you're like, okay, I want to know what happens next, even if it's something small. I, I need to watch the next episode because there's so many different storylines going on. I don't know. That's my take, Jamie. What do you think of it? I agree completely. It's I, I liked it more than the first season, and I loved the first season. Um, like you said, the cast is top notch, and the writing is really good. Like, there's very few loose ends, not very many that I could think of, and it's just because the the trick is like there's there's a, not necessarily a murder, but someone dies, so that's the hook that keeps you watching to the end. And it's like, oh, who is it? But within that, there's all of these social interactions and stuff that people are talking to each other, but they're keeping secrets, and what are they keeping and Oh, what is what is love? What is marriage? And um, yeah, it's just so well written that I, I like you, James. I was sucked in. I loved every minute of it, and I hope it comes back for a third season. Can't wait to see where they go. Well, I like that. Um, well, like among that, like Jamie, yeah, you didn't nail it. I missed uh, a step on what the show is about, which it like yes, they ha- start with some sort of like hinted at there was a murder, and then they go one week earlier and then you just start when like everybody's getting to the hotel and you're just meeting all these characters. But within that, then there's all of these um, little foreshadowing bits or conversations that are happening where you're just paying super close attention to how things are being said. Cause you're like, so, so is, is that the murderer? Like, how is this going to happen? So I don't know. And then each episode you're thinking, uh, cause in season two, like not spoiling anything in the very first two minutes of, season two's opener basically they're like hey it's not just one death there's multiple deaths and then they go back a week and so the whole time i'm like okay i'm like four episodes in and nobody's died what is going on like what, yeah. like who, who's gonna die next uh so that's kind of what kept me hooked uh that's definitely what kept me on the hook but also the complex characters like i stopped even for i don't know, like for a while you forget that somebody does need to die because i'm just so intrigued by like what these characters are going to do next um, in the show. So I don't know, really enjoyable. If you haven't watched it, I recommend it. Casey, what have you been watching? You know what? Mostly I've been watching. um, And as much as I wanted to boycott it, I've been watching the world cup, been trying to keep up with that. And that's been exciting. Soccer's fun. Uh, on top of that, I do want to throw a shout out to a YouTube channel that I watch because there's a new episode, a new video that dropped that I thought was really interesting and I enjoyed the, uh, it's like a video essay type channel. Um, it's called Jay Aubrey, J-A-U-B-R-E-Y, and they just did one on uh, our favorite billionaire who just got booed at the Dave Chappelle show, Elon Musk, um, <laughs> just kind of di- dissecting him and uh, kind of the facade of lies that his entire reputation is built upon and kind of just really, you know, justifies my distaste. So 
really good uh good viewing if you enjoy that youtube stuff those video essays they're fun to it's about a half hour long it's a fun one i just had a, a thought about elon musk today about how he is like the the villain from a 80s film you know that is Hold on. first of all i'm sorry that you had to have a thought about elon musk it's i know i can't stand that guy. i'm sorry <laughs> sorry go on no just like he's like the villain from like an 80s movie or something he kind of is like Did a blazer that, like, pushed that up, takes like, over like the corporation elbows. and he's now the evil corporation you know like <laughs> yes yeah. yeah you know he's involved in tech you know i mean he's un- involved all the things you don't want uh a guy like him to be involved in so did you see any of the videos of him at that Chappelle show no, what happened? I, what, he was just there. Oh, did you hear about any or? of this stuff? No. So Dave Chappelle brought him on stage. He's like, ladies and gentlemen, the richest man in the world, Elon Musk. He straight up did that. He announced him and brought him on stage. And uh, the stadium erupted with like half booze, half cheers. And then uh, Elon was just on stage with him for, I don't know, a good 10 minutes. And any time that Elon you know, had a mic or tried to talk, the place would just erupt in booze. They just booed the shit out of him. Like so bad. <laughs> to the point where Dave Chappelle starts trying to like defend him and deflect. He then uh he says, Hey, you know, all the people booing, just gotta call just gotta say the truth, right? All those boos coming from the bad seats. So he basically is saying the only people booing are the poor people, right? You know, the the people who can't afford the good seats are the ones booing. And then everyone keeps booing, and eventually he's he's literally telling the people, like, stop booing. Stop with this fucking booing. But they just wouldn't give Elon the time of day. It was great. And then finally, at the very, very end, Elon uh, he Elon tries to do his impression of I'm rich, bitch, right, from the Dave Chappelle show. Um, but it's really bad, and it's really awkward, and everyone just boos him, and then he leaves the stage. So, so wait, this was during a comedy show? This was a Dave Chappelle comedy show in San Francisco. And then Dave Chappelle willingly, I presume, you know, it was a quid pro quo. I'm, I'm assuming he got something for this, for allowing, you know, Elon Musk to come on stage on his show. But yeah, he brings him on stage in the middle of this giant show. None, no one heard about this. This was nuts. No. I would go check the video out on YouTube. It's in very cringeworthy. Uh, Elon is extremely cringeworthy. And uh, it will fill your cringe bucket of Scheidenfreude for like months to come. Cool. Yeah. Man, that's well, a there's choice. Your, there's your update. Yeah, there's your update. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, other- Jay Aubrey on YouTube, really, uh, really great video essay channel, uh, <laughs> dropped an episode about Elon uh, about a month ago, actually, the one that I'm referencing. So pretty apropos timing for him to go be a weirdo on stage this last weekend. Yeah, I was just going to um, say, like, one other thing I've been watching or went back to was the second season of The Sex Lives of College Girls dropped on HBO Max. Really like the first season of that. Pretty funny. But man, this second season, I think I've watched like three or four episodes. It's been pretty bad, I would say. Oof, it's something that it's just like kind of way it's like cut and edited like it, between like every scene. It feels like really like sitcom like a 90s sitcom. There's like a scene and then like it cuts away. It's like a um, like a drone shot going over like the college campus, you know, and it's like 
da, da, play some pop song, you know, for like five seconds and it like cuts to like the next scene. I don't know. It's just not not very interesting. Seems pretty predictable so far, and I feel like it's kind of lost its edge already. Dang. Bummer. So, yeah, I'm just I'm kind of I think I'm just kind of done with it. I'm I'm very picky about what I'm watching right now. And if I'm just starting this show, like no interest in it, I just like I don't have time for that. Moving on. <laughs> no, that's good. I think that's the way it should be. There's too much to watch and so many things I want to watch. So, yeah, if, if something yeah. slips, I'm, I'm like you I'm like, well, yeah. we yeah. had I'll our read- fun. <laughs> yeah, right. It's I'll probably good to be it. that discerning. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll read about it. And if it's something like my employee, I'm like, whoa, what did I miss? But that usually is not the case. It's crazy that there's that this much uh, entertainment to consume that that you actually have to be that discerning. Uh, gosh, like over a decade, almost what well, can't be two decades ago, like 12 years ago, I had friends. I have friends who used to work at Blockbuster and they used to tell me that if a movie they were watching, they didn't get into it in the first 15 minutes, they would turn it off. And that blew my mind because in my mind I was like, well, why? I don't know. There's every movie might be okay, but like, it's obvious that they were super right. And like, it's to the point now where it's absolutely right that you just don't have enough time in your day to, to consume. I think you get to kind of get to the point to where, you start to see a lot of content and it starts coming around out around the same time. I feel like it, a lot of it starts to feel the same. Yeah. Right. And you start to get an idea of like, Oh, I know what this is going to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, you just kind of get bored with it and just, yeah. yeah, it's time to find something out there. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, so I'm sure there's something out there that will entertain me. So hey, it's good to be picky. Yeah. Your time is precious. Precious, precious, precious time. <laughs> do you ever go backwards? So like you said, Chad, if things are starting to feel similar, the same, do you ever watch, I don't know, show from the 80s, 90s or, you know, like early 2000s? Yeah, for the, the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <Touché. laughs> Movies. Yeah. I mean, I think that's great. I mean, you go back. I mean. There's a lot of things that you catch where, you know, it's almost kind of like video games, you know, like you talk, people always talk about like having like this large backlog of things to play. And I used to feel that way, too. And now I'm just like, <clears throat> I'm just going to play what, you know, I, that I like playing in the moment. And when I want something new to play, I'll find something new to play and that'll be like my new thing. So instead of worrying and like I have to get through something or watch something, but. It's the same thing, though. You know, there's only so much time in your life, so you, you have to be picky, and you can only play the games that you actually really, really want to play or really find uh, a lot of joy in playing. So, be picky. That's my motto of this pod. Hashtag be picky. Be picky. <laughs> your time is precious. All right.